premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. You know folks, it's Thursday, we're live on Spreaker, and we're going to get started very, very soon, but you know, my prayer for you though is the same as it is every day. And that is that wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, folks, uh, it's another Thursday. I can't believe the week went by already. You know, uh, I look forward to this every single week. This is like the highlight of my week, to be honest with you. I probably drive folks crazy, you know, running around all day telling everybody, hey, Show tonight, show tonight, show tonight. So, uh, and I know before the show, I sent out a bunch of texts, you know, hey, show, 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 show. Try to get folks to listen in and come under the hearing and the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. So uh, it's a real blessing and a privilege for me to be here and to do this with you guys. Uh, We have a really meaty study to get into tonight. So uh, before we get into that study... I'm just going to ask two things from you. And the first thing is to please visit our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, and uh, go over to our contact section and send us off a message. I love getting messages from folks. I love hearing from you guys. I love the questions I've been getting. We actually have uh, a couple tonight that came in through email that um, we're going to see if we can answer tonight. And uh, so just go over to that contact section and send us over a message. Uh, if you don't like to use the web forms, that's fine. I don't really like to use them either, but uh, that's why we set up a email address for you. Uh, you could just email me directly at info at sword of the spirit podcast.com. That's info at sword of the spirit podcast.com. And then the second thing I'm going to ask you to do while you're on the website is to look for the support this podcast button. And, uh, you know, folks, if the Lord leads you to do it, and these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, would you please consider supporting this ministry? You can set up a monthly contribution for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. So I'm going to ask you just pray about it. And if you feel the Lord leading you to do it, I really would be very, very thankful for it. And, you know, I also like to, at this point, always, always say thank you to all of our current supporters, uh, those of you who support us prayerfully, those of you who support us financially, and of course, to every single one of you who listen and tune in faithfully week after week, show after show, uh, it's it's a blessing and I'm blown away by it. Uh, just this week, uh, not, to, uh, not to toot my own horn or anything like that, because none of this is me. This is all the Lord. Um, we came in number one 
on the religion and spirituality charts on uh, Good Pods. We also came in number one on the Christianity charts in Good Pods. And we are also number nine overall on Good Pods. So thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. I really do. That's right. All right. Okay, I promise I'm not going to use that anymore today. All right, not going to use it anymore. All right, folks. Now, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our Sunday worship service begins at 11 a.m., our evening service is at 6 p.m., and our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can just visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you're there, uh, you'll find tons of helpful information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And uh, usually, uh, this is the point where I would just tell you all the platforms that we're on. Uh, so I'm not going to do that because we're on most of the major platforms. And the last time I looked, it's like 15 or 16 different platforms. But uh, wherever it is that you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, one uh, plug that I'm going to give you, though, is a great platform Really great platform. I'm really loving Good Pods. I really am. And this is not because of the charting situation or anything like that. Uh, I've met some really outstanding and talented folks in the podcasting, I guess, industry. Uh, it's a great little community. And I would encourage you, if you don't have an account on Good Pods, go get it. That's goodpods.com. And just be sure that the first one that you find and like is this one. The Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right. And then start listening. Uh, it's really a great platform. Really enjoy it. All right. So we're going to get into just a couple of announcements uh, before we uh, dive right in here. All right. So uh, obviously live broadcasts are underway. We got started last week, last Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we have a live broadcast coming up Saturday at 3 p.m. And we'll also have another live broadcast Sunday at 3 p.m. Now, each one of these live broadcasts will be available as a podcast on all of those platforms uh, after uh, we uh, disconnect here. So, uh, so if you missed the live show, no problem. You can catch it on all of the other platforms at your convenience. Uh, where can you find it to listen to live? Well, obviously, if you're listening live, you found it, right? So... Uh, but you can listen to us on Spreaker. Uh, the link is on our website. Just go to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Scroll down to the bottom. You'll find it. Uh, you can also listen uh, on the Spreaker player on our website. So that can make it more convenient for you. Uh, and uh, we're also doing uh, programming announcements. So if you want to get an email from us, uh, usually it's to two a week. Uh, I promise you I won't load you up with a bunch of stuff that you don't need or want. But we have a uh, subscription box on the website at just underneath all of the uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, just fill that out. You'll get put onto a mailing list. And anytime there's a programming announcement, uh, you know, a change in time or a schedule or 
just a little reminder that uh, we're going to be on the air, you could just fill out that form, get on the mailing list. You'll get an email uh, the day before and uh, sometime during the day before the uh, before the show goes on. And uh, so that's great. We got a, quite a few people on it already, so I'm thankful, very very thankful for that. Also, um, I've been talking about merchandise for a little bit now, and uh, we are very close to getting more of the coffee mugs and um, the the stainless steel coffee cups as well. Uh, as soon as we get them, we'll be posting pictures on our website, and they will be available for a one time contribution. Uh, you can email me at info at sort of the spirit podcast.com for more information on that, but they should be up on the website, uh, very soon, as soon as I can get them. So, uh, let's see, was there anything else I wanted to tell you on the prayer requests, uh, before prayer requests? No, I think that's it. All right. So, um, as you know, we usually go through some prayer requests, but being that it's a Thursday night Bible study, uh, we're not going to go through the entire list. We save that for Saturday. Uh, sorry, for Sunday. Um, so we're just going to touch on the important, like immediate need prayer requests right now. And that, of course, the first thing is salvation. For those folks that are in need of salvation, uh, we want to pray for them. So we're looking to pray for David in New York. We're looking to pray for my granddaughter, my sister, and my mom. Um, and on our sick list, uh, we're still praying for Pastor Martin, uh, for uh, his health concerns, his blood pressure problems, his eyesight, uh, his eczema, and the medications he's on. We're still praying for Bernice, for uh, her cancer treatments, uh, and we're praying for my mom still, Alan, uh, with uh, prostate cancer. And then we're also praying uh, in the not sick list, we're praying for George for his contracts, and uh, Robert, uh, the Reverend Kurt, and then, of course, any unspoken prayer requests. So if you have any prayer requests, you could just email them to us, info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com, and we will get them up onto our uh, prayer list here. And when we go over them in great de- greater detail uh, on Sundays, uh, we'll get them in there for that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, We thank you for the time that you've given us together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to use this medium, podcasting and live broadcasting, uh, to preach and to teach your word. Father, we thank you that uh, because of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we could approach the throne of grace with the petitions of our heart. Father, this this evening we pray for uh, those folks that are in need of salvation. Father, we pray that you would work in them, that you would draw them to yourself, Lord, that you would raise up people around them to minister the gospel to them, and, Father, that they would be saved. Father, we also want to pray for uh, for those on our sick list, Pastor Martin, my mom, Bernice, Alan. Lord, we lift them up to you, and, Lord, we pray for them. Lord, we just ask you to touch their bodies, bring healing to them, and, Lord, we'll thank you for it. Father, we also want to pray for George, uh, who's waiting on uh, contracts and contract bidding, uh, for his job. We want to pray also for Robert, who is a National Guardsman working on the border uh, down here in Eagle Pass. And we want to pray for Reverend Kurt up in Massachusetts for his newborn and his ministry. Lord, we also want to just uh, lay out the unspoken prayers of our heart. Father, we pray that you would just answer the, those prayers and all of our prayers according to your perfect will for our lives. And we will thank you for it. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And like I said, folks, if you have any prayer requests at all, uh, just you can email it to us. All right. So before we go to our break, uh, let's get to at least one or two of the questions that came in uh, by email. All right. Uh, pastor, where were you ordained? Okay. Uh, I'm not a pastor. Uh, I am not ordained. Uh, but I am a minister of the gospel. Uh, I believe that all Christians are given that commission to preach, to teach the gospel, uh, to see folks get saved, uh, and to teach the Word of God. So, no, I am not ordained, um, but I do serve the Lord Jesus Christ in any capacity that I can. All right, uh, the next one. Um, this was kind of funny. So do, do you have a routine before you go on the air or record? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. Um, so usually what I tend to do is I'll grab some coffee, and I'll sit down and I'll read the passage of Scripture that we're going to study as much as I possibly can, like for an hour if possible, uh, before we go to air. And then I'll pray over that passage as, we're, um, as I'm studying, as I'm reading it, and just asking the Lord to guide me on it. So that's, that's, that's basically just the, the easy routine that I do. I mean, there's other stuff, too, that like, uh, you know, what do I eat and all that stuff, but I'm not going to get into that. All right, so, uh, so those are the two questions that we're going to look at today. There's a couple more, and we'll save those for next time, uh, and we'll get into that another time. All right, folks, so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee, and a bottle of water. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's Bible study on Second uh, Thessalonians. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. Hey, welcome back, folks. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and this is Joe Ruciello. And um, so what happened? <laughs> the battery on my mouse died. So that's why I had to play two tracks so I can run and get a battery and get going. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, well, let's see. We're going to get into uh, Second Thessalonians. So I Hope you have your King James Bible. I hope you have yourself a nice hot cup of coffee like I do. As a matter of fact, let's grab some of that before we get started here. Mm. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. All right. So we're going to get into Second um, Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, while I was getting ready for this... Um, I've, I had come across this uh, this thing on my computer that I, I don't know when I got it. I got it a long time ago. But um, what it is, it's, it's a list of what was required for an eighth grade graduate to know uh, about 100 years ago, maybe a little bit more than 100 years ago. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this test came from uh, the state of Kansas, I think. I don't see it anywhere on here. I'm looking at it. Um, but uh, this was a list of what you were required to know in order to graduate from the eighth grade in the early 1900s. Now, again, like I said, I hadn't seen this thing in a while. But, you know, in looking at it, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, and maybe one, maybe one of these days down the road on a Saturday or something, we'll go through some of this stuff. But um, guarantee you, though, that 90% of the college graduates today wouldn't be able to pass this test. And this is a test that eighth graders had to pass over 100 years ago. You know what the problem is? The problem is ignorance. That's what the problem is. It's, it's ignorance. And sadly, 
sadly, I see the same thing happening in the church of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean the church of Jesus Christ as the denomination. I, I, I mean the church of Jesus Christ as in the body of Christ, the body of believers. You know, the thing is, people really don't know much about the Word of God. And it's our responsibility as preachers, as teachers, and it's our commission as believers uh, to help educate as best we can. Now, having said that, let's take our Bible, Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians, chapter two. Second Thessalonians, chapter two, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, would you would you? I pray, give us some measure of unusual discernment to grasp this passage that's in front of us today. Lord, we're totally and utterly and absolutely dependent on the whole, on the Holy Spirit of God to instruct us and to teach us. And we'll thank you for his instruction and his leading. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, now, like I said before, this is a very, very meaty chapter. I mean, this thing is like jam-packed with prime rib and sirloin steak. I'm hungry. Um and to be honest with you, we're, we're not even going to attempt to get through the entire chapter in just, just one episode here. We're going to take our time, and it'll probably take us about maybe two, maybe three weeks to get through this entire chapter, which really isn't all that long, to be honest with you. It's only 17 verses. If you, if you have your Bible with you, you'll see that. It's only 17 verses, but man, 17 verses, there's a lot, a lot of meat there. And like I told you last week, when we began studying Second Thessalonians, that the theme of both First and Second Thessalonians is the return of Jesus Christ. And what's really interesting about it is uh, Paul is writing this to new Christians. These aren't people that are really well advanced in the you know in the heavy meat of the Word of God. These are spiritual infants. But Paul, for some reason you know, as led by the Holy Spirit, found it necessary and appropriate to really get these people grounded in the doctrine of eschatology. Joe, what's eschatology? That's a big word. Yeah, it's a big word. It's it's one of those, you know, theological words. It's one of those words you'll get when you, you go down to the seminary and all that stuff. But uh, eschatology simply means the study of future things. It's really all it is, future things. And as you go through these books, you'll see that Paul lays out the rapture. He lays out the tribulation. He lays out the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he even makes some brief references to the millennial kingdom that follows. Uh, he talks about the person of the Antichrist. And, uh, and, and that's what we're going to get into right here in chapter, th in chapter 2. Now, the Thessalonians were undergoing some pretty severe persecution at this point. So based on what Paul already taught them, even though it may have been in some brief form, some of them had come to the conclusion that they were in the tribulation, that they were in that time frame, that they were suffering, they were being persecuted. Uh, they figured they must be there. And when you stop to think about it, you know, and you put yourself in the shoes of the early um the early apostolic age Christians, 
they had no real reason to believe that the church age was going to stretch out for 2000 years. You know, we have the great luxury of hindsight, you know, and through the prism of hindsight, we can see a lot of scripture that point to an extended period of time in the church age. But you see, they, they didn't know that. So as far as they were concerned, you know, the whole thing, all of the Pauline eschatology could have come to fulfillment in their lifetime. So they're, they're suffering and they're wondering, and Paul writes to set them straight. You know, he writes to help them out, to, uh, to help them get their theological feet on the ground. So let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Now, he explained that in considerable detail back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You know, he ran out the whole rapture concept and the whole idea to them in that one chapter. And that's exactly what he's talking about here, our gathering together unto him. He said back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that a trumpet's going to blow, a voice is going to come down through the heavenlies, and we, which know the Lord, are going to be caught up together to meet him in the air. And we're going to instantly uh, be preceded by those uh, that are dead and gone before that, before us. Uh, But God doesn't call them dead, right? And we learn that too. He calls, he says that they're asleep. They're asleep. Their body is asleep. You see, um, man is a trichotomy, okay? Uh, Man is a trichotomy. He's a body, he's a soul, and he's a spirit. And Paul explains that uh, before we get done with Second Thessalonians. So we're all looking forward to, we're all counting on, planning on a gathering together unto him as believers, aren't we? And I pray and I hope you pray that it's in, it's, it's in my lifetime and your lifetime. You know, and whether that happens or not, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I believe for a variety of reasons that we are living in the last days. Okay, and we'll talk about that, about some of those briefly a little bit further down the road. But nonetheless, that's the great hope Paul said of the believer. Okay, verse 2. That ye be, soon, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of of Christ is at hand. So there were people, apparently, that were sending out forgeries. They were forged letters with Paul's forged signature on them by letter as from us, or by us, you see. Uh, and what Paul is telling them is that they may have received some letter with his name on it, and that letter may have led them into some false doctrine or heresy. And what he does, he tells them to ignore that and not pay attention to that. Now, just stop and think about it for a second. If that was a practice that was being utilized in Paul's day, way back in apostolic times, do you suppose that Satan just quit? Do you suppose there could have been false letters ever since? Well, where are those false letters? I call them false Bibles. There are a lot of false Bibles out there. There are well over 200 different translations that have come out since the King James has come out. And you know what people have the audacity to say? 
Well, they all say the same thing. Well, if they do, then why do we need them all? Why do we need them all if they all say the same thing? I mean, that's ludicrous. So that's been going on since day one. Nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. The day of Christ. Now, some of these false letters were saying the day of Christ is at hand. Now, this day of Christ gives the scholars a fit, okay? They say that it's an error, and they change it to the day of the Lord in the New Virgin, the new Versions. Uh, one of the reasons that they do this is because it's obvious that what follows in verses 3 to 12 is a reference to the Antichrist and the Tribulation. But the day of Christ in the Pauline epistles, in the epistles is a reference to the rapture of the church and the judgment seat of Christ. Well, how do I know that? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, chapter 5, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 1, 14, Philippians 1, 6, uh, Philippians 1, 10, 2, 16. I mean, there are a lot of references to show you that thing. And if you want those references, just shoot me an email. I'll send them to you. The day of Christ is a reference to the rapture and the judgment seat of Christ that immediately follows it. But some people say, well, you know, we have to make it to the day of the Lord because of what follows. Well, if, if it's true that the day of the Lord is commonly used phrase in reference to the tribulation, that's true, but not the rapture of the church. I hope that made sense. I'm having a problem with English tonight. All right, verse 3. Uh, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, Jesus warned the Jews of that same thing back in Matthew chapter 24. He called it the abomination of desolation. The Antichrist will someday make his advent, and he'll establish himself as a person and an object of worship. But Paul said, there are some things that you need to be aware of. There, there are some indicators, not necessarily signs, but just some indicators along the way. And if honestly, if you've got your nose to the ground, you'll sniff those things out. And he mentions one right here when he says, there shall, there shall come a falling away first. Let's take a minute and consider a falling away. Now, some people say that the world is falling away. Folks, the world has always <laughs> been falling away. The world's never been close to God, ever. So it's clear when he says a falling away, he's talking about Christians. He's talking about believers. Okay? He's talking about people that are saved, a falling away. Take your Bibles and go over to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's get some insight into this falling away thing. 1 Timothy in chapter 4. Okay, there's a, actually a heresy out there um, by a, a preacher by the name of uh, Andy Wood, I think his name is, that teaches that that falling away is the rapture. That's not the rapture. The rapture is falling up, not away. But anyway, we'll get to that another time. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, okay, now here we go, okay, how would you interpret latter times? 
Well, how about latter times? <laughs> right? Simple. How about that? All right. Um, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Okay, so <clears throat> some people get so theologically tied up and say, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that, and there are certain meats that you can eat, and you can't eat anything but fish on Fridays, you know, and stuff like that. You follow? All right, and it goes on and on and on and on. It's a list. <laughs> it's a huge list. Uh, Paul says that some some of that stuff is nothing more than just giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Well, what's the problem? Well, their conscience has been seared. But it gets worse. Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't mean to clear my throat into the microphone. Second Timothy chapter three. See, Paul finds it imperative to warn the Thessalonians and his young protege immediately on the heels of that, you know, Timothy, about some of the last day indicators. First Timothy, uh, uh, verse one of second Timothy chapter three, uh, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Okay. Perilous times. Let me ask you a question in looking around at the world today. Could you honestly say, are we living in perilous times? Verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. You know what? If I, if I were writing the Bible, and thank God I'm not, okay, uh, and applying that strictly to this age, you know what I would say? I would say it's the selfie generation. Lovers of their own selves. Look at me. <laughs> Look at us. Aren't we wonderful? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now that's quite a resume, wouldn't you say? I mean, just about any sin that you can think of, any sin that you could find in the Bible would fit into one of those categories, if not more. Anything would fit right there. So he said, he said this is an indicator of the last days. Go over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. And this is probably the capstone of all of it. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Okay, so what do they do? 
while they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The idea is that people in the last days, more than ever, will gravitate toward teachers who tell them what they want to hear. Not necessarily what they need to hear, but what they want to hear. You know, crazy things. You know, things like, God wants you to be prosperous, wealthy, healthy, and well, really? The Apostle Paul wasn't healthy or wealthy. He suffered in both areas. So I guess the suggestion here is that Paul was a desperate backslider, right? If God wants to make all his people healthy and wealthy, I mean, that's just not how it works. Now, he does occasionally. Occasionally he does. Like, you know, he did it for Abraham. Uh, he did it for Job. But Job had to go through some stuff. He had to go through some stuff and, and stuff that I would not want to go through at all. I wouldn't want to go through any of that just as much as I wouldn't want any of you to go through that. So God is not interested in our present wealth. The judgment seat of Christ is going to sort all of that out. Now, you may get real wealthy in the millennial kingdom, but that's a whole other story. So what do they do? They heap to themselves, having teach, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So it's not just prosperity gospel. It's a lot of other things that's being pushed out there on a regular basis in the uh, evangelical Christian community, you know, for whatever you want to call it. Uh, the long and short of it is this. God wants to solve all of your problems. Not necessarily so. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, you know, God introduced a lot of those problems. I think he introduced some pretty good problems to Joseph, to Daniel, you know, to three he the three Hebrew children. Uh, now, it's true that ultimately he did solve the problems, but for some people, he doesn't solve the problem until the grave. That's just the way it is. See, God has a far greater perspective on these things than we do. So these are, some, these are some of the indicators in the last days of a falling away. He said, when you see this falling away, you can have a greater sense of anticipation of the man of sin being right around the corner, right around the corner. Let's get back to 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, and let's talk about this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, the Antichrist has two titles, many names, but two titles, even as Jesus Christ has many names, but two titles. The titles for Jesus Christ are the Son of Man and the Son of God. It's important to pay attention to these things. It's so important. Uh, man isn't God and God isn't man. They're not even spelled the same. The Son of Man is a title ascribed to Jesus Christ, and you learn this by studying the book of Ezekiel, that... Uh, that that has a Jewish element and rendering to it. So often when you get into the Gospels, Jesus says, you know, the Son of Man has come too. You know, the Son, is ma the Son of Man has come. Uh, that has a, a very Jewish flavor to it. Uh, you and I don't know him as the Son of Man. We know him as the Son of God, as introduced to us in the book of John. So we have a different relationship with Jesus Christ than Israel corporately does. And some of those little things like... Uh, the, the difference in the title are indicators of that. Son of man, son of God. 
I mean, that honestly could be a whole study in and of itself. And maybe it will be one day. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Now, there's only one man in the Bible, though, that's called the son of perdition. Okay, let's look at the verse. It says, uh, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Okay, so let's run that down. Go with me over to John chapter 17. John 17. Who is this son of perdition? John chapter 17 and verse 12. John chapter 17, verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. All right, so now this is Jesus Christ, and this is Jesus' high priestly prayer. This is just before he goes to the cross. He's praying in Gethsemane, and he says, those that you gave me, I know my sheep, they hear my voice, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He's saying, Lord, you gave them to me, and I haven't lost any of them, except the son of perdition. Now that verse is really applicable to you if you're saved. He hasn't lost you either. If he found you and you're saved, he's not going to lose you. I mean, I'm pretty good at losing things, right? I'm sure you all can identify with that for yourselves. You know, where are my glasses? Where are my keys? You know, but the Lord doesn't lose stuff. And he certainly doesn't lose you. But he said he lost the son of perdition. Well, what's he talking about? Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. You know, things like glasses and keys, you know, that's not too exasperating because they usually turn up, right? But you know what I find really exasperating? Something that, you know, some time ago, you know, I, that I put away and I say, you know, I'm going to put it in that spot so I can find it when I need it. Except I forget where the spot was, right? And I'm sure that some of you have had that problem too. I'm sure I am not the only one, but that just absolutely drives me crazy. It really does. All right, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 70. John chapter 6, verse 70. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Now it's interesting to notice Okay, he, Jesus said that he was, now, well, let me go back. Jesus didn't say he was filled with the devil, right? He didn't say that. He didn't say he was possessed with a devil. No, he didn't say that either. What did he say? He said he was a devil, a devil. Now, Judas was not completely human. Something really strange going on here, right? Really odd. Judas is the Greek name for Judah. That is Jew, okay? And Iscariot, Judas Iscariot, is a compound word meaning man from Kiriath. Ish, okay? Ish, Kariot. 
meaning a man or from Kiriath. Ish is actually an interesting word. There was a movie years ago that was based on a true story, and it was a story about uh, the sole survivor of an Indian tribe in California. I, I don't remember the tribe, but uh, it doesn't really matter. It was just some tribe out of California in the 1920s, and this guy, he was the sole survivor, and his name was Ish. When they said that, my you know very little Greek that I that I studied, you know, came back to me and said, you know, hold on, so wait a second, Ish, Ish. Do you know what Ish is in Hebrew and Greek? Ish in Hebrew and Greek is man. So this guy was a man in an American Indian tribe, and his name was Ish. Now, that's really interesting, and there's a lot of applications that could be drawn from that, but Judas Iscariot, it means he came from a place called Kiriath. Now, look with me over in Jeremiah 48. Jeremiah 48. You're probably thinking, where in the world are you going with this? Well, just hang on, okay? We'll get there eventually, all right? Uh, We won't get through it today, but that's okay. We don't have to. It'll keep you coming back for more, right? Okay, so here we are, Jeremiah chapter 48 and verse 24. And upon Kiriath and upon Bozrah and upon all the cities in the land of Moab, far or near, the horn of Moab is cut off and his arm is broken, saith the Lord. Well, what in the world? His, right? His. That's a personal pronoun. His. How did his get into this thing all of a sudden. Why is his interjected into this? All right. Look at verse 41. Kiriath is taken and the strongholds are surprised and the mighty men's hearts in Moab at that day shall be as the heart of a woman in her pangs. Now, Kiriath was in Syria. It wasn't in Israel. So the evidence is that Judas Iscariot was a Syrian Jew. He was a Syrian Jew, humanly speaking. But Jesus said the guy was a devil. Remember, he didn't say he was possessed with a devil or filled with a devil. He said he was a devil. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. All right. In Genesis chapter 3, uh, we're going to find the first real prophetic verse. And we kind of studied this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 15. And because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, uh, there was a curse that was pronounced on their life, okay? And an ensuing conversation uh, the Lord has with the serpent, this is what he says. He says in verse 15, And I'll put enmity. Now, what's enmity? Enmity is strife, it's warfare, it's conflict. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between the serpent and the woman he's talking about, okay? And between thy seed and her seed. Her seed is an indication of the virgin birth. Hmm. But what about the serpent's seed? You see, the serpent has a seed too. Where does that seed of the serpent manifest itself? Where? And in whom? Now, the devil is a trinity. He's a trichotomy, just like God is. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You have Satan, you have the Antichrist, and you have the false prophet. That's the satanic trinity. Now, where does the Antichrist come from? Well, you know, there's a lot of things out there in mythical, mythological folklore, uh, which we don't build doctrine on, of course, but, you know, we kind of scratch our heads with interest when we think about things like, um, do you remember that movie, Rosemary's Baby? You know, did you ever consider those things? You know, a child is born of the devil. Hmm? You know, Hollywood really can't help themselves. You know, they have to keep playing around with that kind of stuff all the time. And they do on a regular basis. Well, why? Well, because the theme is there. And between thy seed and her seed, it, the seed, shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. All right, so these two seeds are in conflict. The seed of the woman, except a woman doesn't have a seed, right? The seed comes from the man. And we know from studying the virgin birth that seed was planted in the woman by God himself so that seed manifested itself in the person of Jesus Christ. But you see, the devil's got a seed, and that seed is in great conflict with the other seed. So the question is, now some people say, well, you know, you just, you know, Joe, you just take the Bible too literally. You know what I say to that? Your problem is that you don't. You know what Mark Twain said? And he wasn't anything of a spiritual giant, but uh, that's if, if, he, if he was even spiritual at all. He said, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand that bother me. You need to pay attention to that. So there's a seed. Judas is a Syrian Jew. It's the, he, it, he, as a Syrian Jew, he's the only one of the apostles that didn't come from Israel. Go over to Zechariah chapter 11. Zechariah chapter 11. I'm looking at the clock. We're going to have to quit soon. Uh, Zechariah chapter 11. Uh, and this is where we're going we're gonna to wrap it up for today. I'll leave you in hanging in great wonderment. Zechariah chapter 11. Now, Paul, and there's no coincidence about it, introduces this one little phrase in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that just sends a caravan of thoughts cascading. The son of perdition. So it's incumbent upon us as Bible students. Never try to be a Bible scholar. Always be a Bible student. Big difference in that. So as Bible students and Bible believers... It's incumbent on us to search out and figure out these things. Now, why doesn't God just explain it in really simple terms to us so us dummies can get it? Because he said to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There are some things that God is not going to reveal to you unless you're willing to put in a little work. It's just that simple. You know, you put some study into it and God will reveal it to you. Now, over here in Zechariah chapter 11, we're going to look at verse 12. Here we have a description of the Antichrist. Uh, Zechariah 11, verse 12. And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. So do you see what this is? This is a messianic prophecy. This is hundreds of years before Judas sold the Lord out for 30 pieces of silver. 
But you see, the Lord prophesied it. Verse 13, And the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter a goodly price that I was, pr- that was prized at of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast, it, and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Then I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Now look down in verse 17. And this false shepherd, this foolish shepherd is being described. Verse 17. Woe to the idol shepherd, I-D-O-L. Okay. Woe to the idol shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon him and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. So the Lord indicated here that this guy right here, the seed of Satan, the Antichrist, one of the ways that we can identify him if we're around, which is another subject that we'll address next week, uh, this guy's got a bad arm and he's got a bad eye. And did you ever notice, if you're a student of history, that you know Napoleon always walked around with his arm in his coat like it was a bad arm? Hitler tried to copy that. He did the same thing. Were those, were those guys the Antichrist? No, but they were a good picture of him. They were a good type, you see? So Paul says, the son of perdition, you need to pay attention here. Keep your eyes open, because when the son of perdition shows up, everything is about to bust wide open. Now, does that mean that the rapture isn't going to take place until this bird shows up and we actually see him? No, that doesn't mean that at all, although it could happen that way. But you see, as we get further into, it, into the chapter here, you're going to realize that the world will identify that guy, not necessarily, you know, um, oh, that's the Antichrist. I mean, that's not going to be that obvious to them, but they're going to worship him. They're going to worship him. But you see, you and I already have everything we need to identify him in the book, in the book. We don't need to see him physically. We've already seen him spiritually. We can identify that guy in the book. Now, if you understand modern day politics and what's going on in America, not even including the whole world, you'll see that what John said about the spirit of Antichrist is among us already. Boy, is it. Boy, is it. Just don't get depressed. Lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. And folks, with that, we've come to the end of today's study. And what we're going to do is we'll pick this up uh, the next time we get together, which will be Saturday. So I will uh, have everything drawn out for you guys by then. Uh, I'll tell you, this was a really interesting study. When you really put a lot of work into it, you put up, you know, you open up your Bible, you study, you read along with this. This is fascinating stuff. And I would encourage you, I would absolutely encourage you to... Uh, before the next, before the weekend, before Saturday, open up your Bible, read Second Thessalonians chapter two in its entirety, and as we uh, open up the book that day, you'll have a better understanding of what we're doing, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really look forward to being with you again on Saturday. Uh, check out the website sortofthespiritpodcast dot com and uh, fire us off a message. Support the podcast if you can. God bless you, and have a great, great rest of your day. See you Saturday. Take care.
You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day. Well, that's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.